Please join me in prayer for God to illuminate our hearts and our minds. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 23. The following is the message translation. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk by my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love Chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our New Testament reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter, beginning in verse 11. Hear the word of the Lord. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning and happy Father's Day to you fathers. My name is Esther Choi, and if you have not met me yet, I am the visiting pastor here at Grace Covenant until Bobby returns from his sabbatical, um, along with my partner in crime over here, Nelson Reevely. I'm really grateful to be with you all this summer. Do you have a favorite song that when you hear it, in an instant takes you back to good memories or feelings of joy? A song that's an oldie, but a goodie. Well, this past week, I helped lead the Vacation Bible School for Grace Covenant's Child Development Center. And several of the songs that they learned and that we sang together were ones that I remember singing in my college group uh, growing up and also teaching to my youth when I was a full-time youth worker, a youth pastor in Texas. These songs brought back memories of youth group, but even more than the memories Songs bring back feelings, don't they? 
feelings of comfort in good memories. Well, today's psalm is an oldie, but a goodie. Psalm 23. If you have been following along with the psalm of the day that the church is invited to pray with Bobby while he is on sabbatical, you would have read Psalm 23 just this past Tuesday. The chapter of Psalms in the Bible is our prayer book, but it's also our song book. And the most well-known and I'd say beloved of Psalms is the 23rd Psalm. Something about Psalm 23 resonates across time and generations. I think I have read it at almost every funeral that I have done, even if the family was not a church-going family. Why is that? What is it about this psalm that has wide appeal? What is it that, has, that it has been a source of comfort for most, if not all, who know it or who have heard it? And maybe for you, if you know this Psalm 23, what is it about this psalm that for you brings comfort and resonates with you? Well, this morning is not going to be an intellectual pursuit. We're not going to look at this scripture and try to get something more out of this psalm that you have never learned or heard before or to get more head knowledge about this psalm. Now, I know Presbyterians are very good about thinking. We like to think. But today we're going to rest our brains a little bit. We are on sabbatical after all. And instead, I invite you this morning to feel. Because the Psalms are uh, not just something to grasp with our brains and our minds, but they are meant for us to feel, to, to pray. My Old Testament professor Dr. John Golden Gay used to say that the Psalms are powerful because of what they do for you, um, not, not because of what they do for you, but for what they do to you. Psalms are not meant to be parsed out so that we can intellectually grasp the meaning of every Hebrew word and phrase, although that's not a bad thing, but Psalms are primarily meant to be experienced and felt. The Psalms are God's gift to us. They are words for us to pray. They are words for us to pray when we are anxious or afraid. They are words for us to pray so that we can put our trust in God, to rest in God's presence. I believe that people at the beginning of life and at the end of life usually are the ones that have the most wisdom. It's us who are living in the middle of part of life that tend to muck things up. Isn't that right? With our striving, our pursuit of independence, our desire to maintain control of our lives and be masters of our destinies. I know so often in my life, I tend to mess things up when I um, tend to try to keep things under control, when I try to do things my way. And I found that the most dependent people are the ones who can rest the most. So often in this life, as I'm striving, I get exhausted and want to rest. And yet, really, it's because I am trying to be the master of my own ship. And yet, rather, those who are the most dependent are the ones that seem to be able to rest the most. Because someone else is taking care of them, and they know that. Psalm 23 begins, 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or as another translation puts it, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. A couple of years ago, I took a training called the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. It is a spiritual formation, I hesitate to say program, but a a sort of formation um, program that is meant uh, to teach children in the philosophy of um, Maria Montessori. Now, if you are familiar with the Montessori method, it is very much of an experiential way of teaching children. And I took this training at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church here in Richmond because their Sunday school curriculum is based on the catechesis of the Good Shepherd. And my children at the time were attending a Montessori school, and I really was interested in knowing how the Montessori method was applied in spiritual formation. And so I took this class, and um, it was life-altering for me. One of the the main ways that children learn in Catechesis of the Good Shepherd is they enter into a space that is carefully created for them called an atrium. And very similar to a Montessori classroom, there are works all around the room that are works that are hands-on things that the children can touch and work with and out of that have a prayerful response. One of the key lessons in the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd is the story of the Good Shepherd, which we just heard in John 10. And in this story, as the catechist reads the story from Scripture, he or she will then take the materials out and show the children, especially the youngest children, how to work with the material. And the material consists of a wooden figure of a shepherd and wooden sheep and a green, usually a green felt uh, wooden platform where the shepherd is guided out and then leads sheep out after the story in the scripture is read. Catechesis of the Good Shepherd was developed by an Italian scholar named Sophia Cavalletti, who was a contemporary of Maria Montessori. And in her years working with children as she developed this Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, she discovered that it was the scriptures about the Good Shepherd that most resonated with the children. It was in learning about the Good Shepherd and discovering more of the mystery of the person of Christ and his relationship with us that it was personal and at the same time communal that resonated with the children. The children recognized immediately that the shepherd knew the needs of his sheep, that he guided them to good pastures, walking ahead of them to show the way and to be the first to confront any danger. And the children instinctively realized that the sheep were safe and peaceful with their good shepherd because the good shepherd protected them even in danger. And as the children heard the story for the first time, Sophia Cavaletti wrote how the parable that resonated with the children, children brought responses where the children It was almost as if they said, finally, we are hearing a story that connects with us and all people and naming who God is and what God is like, the good shepherd. 
And some of the most authentic, prayerful responses of the young children came in the form of silence or sighs of pleasure or simple proclamations when they heard the story or heard about the Good Shepherd. They would say things like, I like the Good Shepherd or my body is happy. These were the spontaneous, prayerful responses that she recorded. Cavaletti found that children who were sick and handicapped were particularly sensitive to the Good Shepherd. Alfonsito was a small, severely handicapped 12-year-old boy who had received a lot of medical care from his family, but little love. One day, he was visiting his aunt's house, and he found a box with materials for the catechesis of the Good Shepherd. And he indicated to his aunt that he wanted to know what it was. He had difficulty moving and speaking, but she knew that he wanted to hear the story. So she briefly told him the parable of the Good Shepherd in John 10. And she took out the materials to show him the wooden figure of the Good Shepherd, the sheep. Well, this boy, Alfonsito, seized the box. And even though he had trouble coordinating his movements, he painstakingly took out one sheep after another from the box. And taking each one out, he caressed it and said to each one, Do not be afraid. You lack nothing. Now, it took great effort for him because he had difficulty speaking. But he spent time doing that for almost two hours. The next time he went to his aunt's house, he once again pointed to the box. And she knew that he wanted to learn more about the shepherd and his love. And so she told him more about the Good Shepherd. Once again, he began working with the wooden figures, taking them out with care. But this time, he made it personal. After he took each sheep out, he said, I am not afraid. I lack nothing. And then with great effort, something like a cry came from him in a tone of voice that grew steadily as he shouted, He is for me alone. He is for me alone. He is for me alone. Cavaletti writes that Alfonsito had finally found a love that was for him alone. And this truth changed his life. We often learn from children, those who are dependent on their parents and others for care, We also learn from people as they are at the end of life. The end of Psalm 23 says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Steve Hayner, the president of Columbia Seminary, died in 2015 of pancreatic cancer. He was a man known for joy. But as he wrestled with his cancer, he kept a blog And many of his writings, his blog posts, were very inspiring to people. He was very real about his journey and struggle with cancer. One of his posts, in one of his posts, he wrote this. When our children were teenagers and going through a stage where it seemed like every little thing took on immense proportions, I used to say to them, So what do you think this is like in light of eternity? In other words, is this really worth the fuss? 
But I have realized that it is not just kids who have a tough time with perspective. It's all of us. We blow so many things out of proportion. Little things become huge issues, and even big things become issues that seem much bigger than they probably are. Whether it is a stressful circumstance, a difficult relationship, a confusing problem, or a shameful failure, there is so much in our lives that feels like it will overwhelm us. But the fact of the matter is that in light of eternity, most of what we face takes on a different proportion. Circumstances pass. Relationships can be healed. Even horrid failures are cut down to size by time and by God's grace at work in our lives. Steve was a man who knew the Good Shepherd. Steve Harrington, a friend of his for many, many years, wrote about a memory of Steve when he was on a retreat for him. And he shared this memory after Steve Hayner died. And he turned it into a parable. And I think this description is what it is like to be led by the Good Shepherd. He says, My favorite unique memory with you was years ago at Wellspring Retreat Center. You remember we were given various iterations of the trust walk? In one of those exercises, we were supposed to guide our blindfolded folded partner from behind using only our voice. And you walked in front of me. I directed you only with words into a small thicket of woods. I had you stepping over logs and ducking down below strong branches. You went slowly and could feel dead wood snapping beneath your feet and all the twigs on your face as you brushed past them. You knew that you were walking through a very thick and tangled terrain, a precarious path for someone blindfolded and having to trust only the words spoken to them. But finally, after they got through the tangled terrain, Steve took his friend out to the very edge of a grassy field and stopped right before they got to the edge of the grass. He was still blindfolded. And he didn't realize that they were past all the tangles and tripping hazards, but that right in front of him was a broad and lush field of grass. He was imagining that he was still in the dangerous part of the woods. And then his friend said, at the count of three, I want you to run straight forward as fast as you can. He counted to three. And with great trust, Steve Hayner took off running, charging ahead, screaming his lungs out, flailing his arms, worried that he was still covered with trees and tree limbs. But he went careening through the woods, and suddenly, laughing, he found out that he was out of the tangled danger and running easily into a flat field full of soft and forgiving grass. And this is what his friend says. This is the journey ahead of you, my friend, whatever it is and whenever it is, you take it. The word is behind you, but also goes before you. The word made flesh walks with you and is within you. And therefore all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. The nausea and the discomfort, the fear and weakness, the tears and the treatments, the tripping hazards, and the thickening thicket will be over, and you will run full speed, screaming and laughing into the forgiving arms of grace and the healing heart of God. 
arms of the good shepherd. The Psalms are God's gifts for us to pray and to live and to lean into as we express our dependence on God. This morning, Nelson read a different translation of Psalm 23, and I hoped that that different translation would help you enter into that psalm, maybe in, in words that are not familiar to you. But it is in familiar words that we find comfort, where we are brought back to feelings of joy and often in memories. Or in this case of Psalm 23, trust, greater trust in our Good Shepherd. And so I invite you now as we close to read Psalm 23 together as a prayer. It is printed in your bulletin, the, new King, or the King James Version, the most beloved version of this psalm. And we will pray this together as we read it aloud. I invite you as we pray this together that you would rest in it, that you would rest in it in the good shepherd and know that he is walking with you and he is for you and in the end he will welcome you with open arms and say you are with me forever please join me in praying psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me, in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.